In this episode, we're going to talk all about small business branding with our Tim Button from Button Creative. This is a part one of two episodes, so you can grab a second episode over on iTunes or on our website, redcliffmarketinglabs.com.au, and here we go. Welcome back, folks. It's Mick from Redcliffe Marketing Labs again. And in today's interview, we're going to be chatting with uh, Tim Button from uh, Button Creative. And Tim is a Melbourne-based designer. And rather than talk about, hey, about Tim, we'll crack straight in the interview and we'll drag some information out of Tim about what he does and what his background is. And we're going to be talking all things branding and design to give you ideas of what to do as a small business owner when you're trying to approach that in your own business. So g'day, Tim. Thanks for being available today and have a chat. Great, mate. Good to be here. And um, thanks for having me on the show. Excellent. Okay, well, let's tell folks about uh, yourself. How did you get started in graphic design? And then we'll circle back around to the work you're doing now with uh, Button Creative. Yeah, um, sure. Um, as a 16-year-old, I had decisions to make um, leaving school. This is back over in England. And it was a case for me of going to uni or getting a job. And I didn't really fit into the – I don't think uni suited me at that time. So what I did actually started in um, – an area that's after graphic design, which is pre-press and um, creating what they used to call graphic reproduction, which is the in-between stage of taking a designer's concepts, making them into press-ready artwork, and then being printed. That's how I started off, and I did a um, four-and-a-half-year apprenticeship, and that gave me a great uh, grounding in a technical understanding of the full gamut of what it takes to produce uh, advertising material and also gave me some great exposure for brands and then once I've been doing that a year, a few years, I still decided that the creative side was for me. So I went back and I studied and, and got a diploma in graphic design over in the UK and then I emigrated to Australia in 1996 and this is when the big web revolution sort of started taking off for most people. And, um, yeah, I studied multimedia and um, web design and then started Buttons Creative Business as a side project. And, um, yeah, it's just grown from there. And now we've, we're full-time, so I'm very happy with that. What was your first degree when you were, when you were at uni the first time? I was just straight graphic design. Okay, yeah. And, um, because basically that, that was the main medium. And now it's... A case of more, uh, it was multimedia, but that sort of dropped off with the internet getting quicker, and now it's more web based. But essentially, the core skills of design still apply. You've just got to keep learning and learn. You know, years ago it was learn more web, more web, and now it's bringing things into play such as video and social media and things like that. Okay. Excellent. So, and you mentioned there when you did the the print work. Uh, the, the user in the actual end result when you're actually printing the material uh, and then obviously now you see a lot of brands come across your desk uh, and you do a lot of work for business branding what's your what's your definition of a of brand what what does that mean to you a brand is basically a, a promise and the experience of everything that is your business um, so it's not a lot of people get confused here a brand is not a logo a logo is a logo and often it can be the core of your visual branding, 
and it's what you're identified as, but it can be, it goes as far as your corporate culture, um, the way you answer the telephone, your beliefs, there's a whole gamut of who you are. It's, it's not like saying, um, Mick, you've got dark hair. It's no, no, it's, you're a bigger person than that. It's Mick, you're into marketing, surfboarding, you're a family man, that sort of stuff. There's, there's, it's, it's a personality thing really, but, but for um, selling goods and products essentially. All right, so so it's more than a business card. It's more than a logo. Uh, is that some of the mistakes that you see businesses make, or what do you see? What sort of mistakes do small businesses make when it comes to branding? Um, they think it's just a logo, and they just get a logo and they leave it at that. But what they do is they miss out on so many more opportunities that a strong brand built over time can give you. Such as um, there's a business around the corner from me. That it's just the dog's groomers and it's just the dog groomer. But if it was branded up as, say, Jackie's dog grooming services or stuff like that, when you refer people, you know who you're talking about and you get that personality that it, it is Jackie. It's not just the dog groomers. And the same with um, you might see plumbers or tradesmen that have um, just a phone number on the back. It's not memorable. If you have a, a, a nice logo and a slogan and, and a mantra, if you like, to back that up, you'll, you'll build the, the trust of the consumers and also they get to know you a bit better. And, and that's very important because coming back to like just the basic psychology of human beings, we like things that are memorable and we also like things that appeal to us. So it's, it's quite a basic instinct really. So it's about, I guess, differentiating yourself from the pack then? Is that the idea? Yes, is it you know, a clear, clear brand? If, um, if whatever business you're in there, you know, might have listeners out there that are florists or plumbers or whatever, it's about getting your name out there and also making your point a difference. And depending on what your business is, that could be a number of things. It could be price, it could be service, you know, a, a whole um, a number of reasons. And what you have to do is you have to establish as a business, and this is all part of building your what we call the brand character, is who are you and what do you offer? And that has to be a really clear message. And over time, you will get known for that. And, and that is where the value of a brand and the, the um, memorable, uh, memorable um, aspects of that will come to the forefront. Okay, so sometimes that sort of can be quite fuzzy as far as when you're talking about concrete real-world things. So what are the touch points that you work with with your customers there and people should think about? They're thinking about their brand. What are the most common touch points that people will have? You should start off with a good core logo. I have people that ring me up and say, oh, I want a website. Okay, great. We can build you a website. What do you want it to do? And then you get deep into it and they and you find they're not even ready for that. They, they haven't established their logo and as part of your logo, that should encapsulate what you do, how you do it, and where you do it, and for whom, if, if possible. It's a lot to ask, but a clever designer will make a, a nice logo that will that give you all that. And um, what you need to do is get that established first. So logo first, and then follow it up with business cards, letterheads, website, possibly um, a social media presence. And if you go into a social media presence, that's another story again, but you, you can use that as a vehicle or a platform to sell who you are and what your point of difference is. They're the common touch points for most businesses, but 
I would suggest that if you are a small business and you're going out there and you're seeking design skills from someone, that you say to them, this is my business, this is what I'm all about, these are my circumstances, I know I need business cards, letterheads and websites, but is there anything else you can offer me that is a clever idea that will help my marketing and help my brand exposure? And for some people that might be vehicle graphics, it might be... Um, I'm doing a job for a moment uh, for a, a home, new home builder on a state that's very quiet at the moment. And I said to him, long weekend, sunny days, you need to be in the front yard with a barbecue. Get people in. People are walking around houses all day. You offer them a free snag and a cold drink on a hot day, they're going to be in there. That's your opportunity. And although it's not so much a visual branding thing, it's a touch point. That's when you talk to consumers and again that all comes back to your brand character all right because yeah i find um especially now vehicle signage and vehicle wraps i'm really noticing those and the ones that stand out you know really pull themselves out of traffic and you know it's quite a it's a lot of real estate when you look at the size of a car as you know being a a billboard um you know I'm, i'm quite interested in that sort of side of things at the moment Absolutely. I've got a good supplier of mine who's a wide format printer and he also does car wraps. And he was telling me, even if you are a small business and you put, you know, you might, again, be a plumber as a tradesman or you might be a bookkeeper with a simple um, graphic in the back of your car, but even if you drive up to 20 k's a day, if you're living in one of the nation's capitals, that car is going to be seen on average by 20,000 people every day. So when you add that up, that is apparently about 14 times more cost-effective than print advertising, which, you know, that's big bickies for a small startup business. Yeah, it, look, it's um, effective. I know here locally uh, the, the big rage for local businesses is the side of the bus advertising. And, yeah. um, you know, it does look quite impressive, but coming from a direct response background, I'm – Kind of don't know uh, how you know how well they can actually measure their, their sort of response from that, but uh, that's that's the rage up here anyway. Um, all right, so let's dig into into logos then. Uh, what do you, you know? There's obviously different types of logos. There's text, there's images, there's combination of taglines. Uh, some can just be purely a fairly symbolic uh, logo. Can you talk us through what does a, a business owner need to know when the senior end designer a logo will do a redesign? What are the options? What are the, the big categories of logo styles? Um, my style personally, I like to keep things as simple as possible. So if it doesn't need to be there, it's not there. It's as simple as that. But what I do try to incorporate into logos is obviously the name of the business, the website, and a tagline because a tagline is – in a few words, it sums up what you do or how you do it and where you do it and who you do it for, and they can also be very memorable. So there are three components that I try to get into a logo. And also, if I can tell a story with a picture in a logo, um, you know, that's even better as well because it's memorable. For example, I've got a client of mine who is a builder and he's made, you know, a fairly good income over years building with bricks but what he wants to move into now are these uh, concrete walls that go into high-rise apartments uh, um, retail shopping centers and stuff like that and the advantage is there they go up really quick and they're fireproof and there's lots of other technical benefits but that changed his market 
So, for example, when he was doing brick walls, he was doing a lot of domestic and light, light commercial work, whereas in this area, using these new walls, he's dealing in more of a, like a civil area. Yeah, so, so having bricks in his logo would, would be a sort of a drawback. Exactly. So what he's done is he's, um, he needs to appeal to architects and big councils and, and places like that where he can go in. And where his old logo was just, you know, an upturned brick, a blob of cement and a trowel, and it looked quite nice, and it says I'm a bricklayer, that wasn't appropriate here now. So we've rebuilt his logo that's got, um, instead of a brick wall, it's got a concrete wall being lowered in with a crane, and then around the logo it's got a, a spirit level and a plumb line to to demonstrate that he's not just banging up quick walls. There's, there's precision here, there's thought into it. And, and, and it's different from just laying bricks. So if you can come up with that in a logo, it's that old adage of a picture tells a thousand words. And subconsciously, people will look at that logo and they have a greater understanding of what you do and how you do it. And is this product or service or business right for me? And this is a lot going on in the back of your mind, but this can all be absorbed in a good logo if it's done correctly. And you've got any feelings on like text only logo, you know, like a stylized uh, text versus uh, image logos? Yeah, um, text text logos can be effective. I mean, I like them because they're simple, and if you get a good wording or a good company name, that's all you need. The text can sell itself. But what um, I guess it's a case of most of your listeners will be small to medium-sized businesses or organisations. If you're massive like Coke or, or Nike, Nike's so successful they've dropped the word Nike and for a few years now they've just been the swoosh and it, and it transcends all language, countries, cultures and you just know what that is. Unfortunately, for most small businesses, that's not enough. If they had something that simple, it, people would miss the point. Nike have got to that level, and then same with Apple, they've got just a beautiful, simple Apple logo. Their brand is that big, but they've been able to simplify their logo and, and people just recognise it. You know, that's it, no words, just a logo and uh, or a shape. But if you have a, a logo like that for a smaller business, it tends to be somewhat vague and you don't get the opportunity to say what your point of difference is or what your your key skills or products or services may be and also how you can benefit your clients. Okay, good to know. Um, now, you mentioned websites before, and obviously with online marketing as far as social media websites is being a, a, you know, quite a big component. Is there different requirements for a business owner when they're thinking about the logo or about their design, you know, at the end purpose, where it's going to be on print or where it's going to be on website? Yeah, and again, that comes to choosing a quality designer. Like I've seen some people come to me and say, look, I've had this logo, it's not cutting it, can you do something better? And someone who is a, a poorer designer, say maybe made it in Photoshop or made it with one intent in mind, like for web. So normally it would be a long skinny banner, you know, because that's what a lot of websites had as space for their logo. Whereas a good quality logo is, is drawn and, and manufactured in normally a standard program called Illustrator or another vector program. And what the vector does is, rather than being in pixels, it's mathematically calculated. So without getting too technical, basically, is once you've got that logo that's been drawn correctly, you can use it for multiple uses. So 
If you want to have it on your website, great. If you want to blow it up and put it on the side of a tram or a bus, fantastic. It can be used on print, web, all sorts of stuff, and it's very flexible. And that is where some of the extra cost would come in in choosing a better designer over a cheaper option. All right, so we'll get into the costs and, I guess, the deliverable file types in a little bit. Uh, right now, though, so someone's looking around, they decide they need their logo. Obviously, people are going to have different budgets. They're going to be in different locations, so they might not have access to all the different services. What are the so, you know, Where can you go to get a logo done, and what are the pros and cons of different options? Um, there are a number of options, and that's where someone who's maybe a small business owner and isn't experienced with talking to designers and other creatives, it does get a bit mind-boggling. But basically, there's three options, and I fall into the middle category, for like of that. You can go and there's countless websites out there. You've just got to use Google and find them. You can find someone who's cheap and overseas that will do you a logo for like, I don't know, say cheap, it's it's too cheap for like, you know, we're talking a meal for two at a restaurant and they will do you a logo. But there's a number of problems with this. You can, there's also um, logo tournaments where you put a brief up basically of what you want and you might get 100, 150 people will send you a logo. But the problem is that's just one idea that they've had and they hope that it suits your brief. Now, where that falls down is if you haven't written your brief well enough or they haven't interpreted it well enough, you're just going to get a logo that's mediocre. And really to cut through all the, the logos and the graphics we face every day, mediocre is not going to cut it. You need something that is customised and understood as being you. Now, what will often happen is I had a client come to me the other day, similar situation, he'd paid I think nearly $300, had a logo contest, got 150 logos and none of them were appropriate because they sort of missed the point of what he did and what he did is he offers property investment, property is a vehicle to investment to secure your financial freedom. Yep. Now, so what everybody had done on this logo contest, it just found a picture of a house and put his name underneath it, his business name underneath it, which didn't work. Anyway, after this, after a while, he realised this logo wasn't working, so he came to me and, as I said, I'm in the middle ground and what I'll sit down with you, give you a questionnaire, find out a bit about your business, who you are, what your situation is, what you're selling, what you hope to be selling in six months, a year time, who your target audience is, and key questions like that. And then once you've got that information, you can make a better logo that appeals to your target audience. So a lot of clients come to me and they might say, I really like that logo. And my response is, well, that's great. Thank you for that. But it's not so much what your personal taste is. It's what your end clients are going to appeal to, What what's going to break down the trust, uh, sorry, build up the trust and break down their field fears and convey the message of what you do. So often with logo tournaments, they miss that. But if you go to a proper designer that understands the process, they will tease that information out of you and you'll get a better result. Third option is you go um, uptown, as I call it, and in Melbourne that would be St Kilda Road, Richmond, Collingwood, those sort of areas where there's a lot of designers out there and a lot of good designers. Now, they are very good, but being 
in that inner city area and dealing with the clients they deal with, they have a lot of overheads. And for a small business, sometimes that's just simply out of their league. You'll see all the big brands go there and they can afford these things, but as a small business, you've got a budget, you need to stick to those. And you also need someone on your side that is gonna say, look, I could recommend print advertising, which is outside your budget, and I'll make a lot of money. Well, that's not how a good designer will work. They're farmers more than hunters, and they will sit down with you, and again, as working out your circumstances and what your journey is, they will work out what your dollars are to spend, who you've got to contact, and what is the best way to do that. All right, so basically three options is you know, online and sort of crowdsource it. Uh, yep. Go for a designer or through, you know, hopefully a print shop's got designers on board uh, or go for a, a sort of a dedicated agency uh, type yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, I guess just throwing in some of the advantages of the design competitions, if you are super, you know, low-end and looking at that, you do get a range of things back. And some of them you don't actually have to pay uh, unless you find a logo that you do like. Uh, so. Yeah. You know, horses for courses, different pros and cons. For That's right. It's, it, it's like buying a car or anything. You know, you'd like the Ferrari, but the, the, the reality is you've got four kids, you need a Tarago. That's, you know, that's just it. Or, you know, you might want the Ferrari, but your budget is a Commodore. You know, that's just, yeah. Okay, so look, the next next hurdle folks are going to have is, I guess, the creative process. And, and look, a small business owner, you know, flat out, managing the day-to-day business, managing staff and cash flow and all the other things. So then to try and sit down and put yourself in that brain space of, you know, creative and uh, how creative folks go through that process can be super foreign. Uh, yeah, just, absolutely. Can you, let's try and distill it down uh, to the bolts of what, what do business owners need to know before they actually go and speak to a graphic designer or an artist if they go down that route? Uh, what's, the, what's the minimum stuff? What's the, the 80-20 rule? What's the stuff they need to know that's going to make the the biggest effect okay most people have an idea they get really enthusiastic and they they come off with what they think is going to work and they miss a lot of small details and one of those details is finding a designer and getting their 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 visual communications right what i suggest is you may think you're ready but in most circumstances in my experience you're not just touch base with a couple of designers you know ask people, get online, have a look at websites and get a few reviews and then maybe whittle it down to two or three guys that you might be happy with. Then just go and have a chat with them and just say, look, this is where I'm at, this is my business, I've maybe just started up or I'm after a refresh because the business is a little bit stale and, and just shake the tree initially and what you'll find is some designers are creatively very brilliant but they sit in little boxes and that's all they do. If you can find a designer that is enthusiastic and listens and answers questions about what you do, that is a good thing. And then basically tell them what you're doing, hope they get the, the vibe of it and say to them, this is the re- direction I want to go, I think I want a website, I think I want this, and then get their feedback. And often they might say, look, for your type of business, I recommend this is your communication. It might be a website, might be a brochure, might be a number of things. And then say to them, am I ready? What, what do I need to, um, to get this going? And they're probably going to say to you, depending on how organised and how much knowledge you've got, and the more knowledge you can give them about your business, the better. They might say, look, you think you're ready for a brochure, but the bottom line is you haven't really worked out in your business plan exactly 
what you're offering and who you're offering it to. So don't sort of get too far ahead of yourself. And they might put restrictions on you like, well, if you're selling products, have you got photographs of them? Have you got descriptions of them? You want an e-commerce website? Have you worked out your pricing? Have you worked out your shipping costs? Things like that. So what they might say to you is, this is the best solution, but you have a gap here of this information. Go away, have a think, and come back to me, and then we will be ready to build and create what you need to help your marketing. All right, that's actually interesting. A few points there, where because you, you're saying you know it's obviously the service branches out from the pure design, um, and I'm not sure how many designers you know I might get hate mail here from designers, but um, I'm sure there is a you know a core of designers out there who are purely logo or design orientated. Uh, rather than that sort of next circle out that you're talking about. And, yes, certainly, and as I said, some designers sit in a box and creatively they are absolutely brilliant, fantastic. But I think if you're a big-end brand and you've got an established brand and you've got a message to get out or a new product to launch, that is probably your guy, however, or girl. But for a small business, you need to be flexible. So I personally offer this service, and if I was a small business looking for these services, I'd be looking for a designer that is flexible, understands what I need, and can offer a broad range of services. Because if you're a small business owner, you're busy, you've got so many plates you're juggling in the air, you're the sales manager, you're the HR, you might be in production, you're doing too much. You need to be able to own what you're doing in your marketing and be involved with the designer, but have someone that can sort of help you with it and be your partner. So they might say to you, right, we're having a website, this is your end of the bargain, this is what you need to get me, and then let them offer up the ideas and and sort of give you some guidance as well because you don't know this. And the other advantage is if they get to know your business, they'll be better producing material and advertising your business. Now, you think if you go to that same person and they offer, I don't know, um, branding all your touch points, vehicle graphics, websites, everything else, you've only had to explain your story once and then it's rock and roll. Whereas if you go to lots of different people, you go to a web designer, then you go to a creative guy and then you go to snap printing to print your brochures, what tends to happen is you lose direction and focus on what you're actually doing and you have to keep telling that story and each of these different entities may um, take your brief in a different way and then your brand gets mixed up and your message is mixed up and that's bad for sales and conversion. So in a nutshell, find someone who's enthusiastic, is taken an interest in your business and, and can offer you a good range of services at a, you know, a price you're happy with. All right, you mentioned brief there, and obviously earlier on, and I find, especially for any creative stuff, uh, it's kind of crap in, crap out. Uh, so the the brief, I guess, is the the crux of what you get across to the, to the designer. Um, how you know what's what's some tips? How can business owners put a good brief together for a for a designer? Okay, the core is information. The more information you can give us, the better. So what I generally send out to my client clients is a little four or five page questionnaire and a bit of background information. So what it tells them is you're new to this whole creative um, space and it's not like buying a Volkswagen 
where you can just go, right, two Volkswagens, they're both the same price and just play off the two dealers. When you go and see different designers, it's not tangible, so it's hard to measure. So what I'll say to my clients is, this is how the system works. You come to me, there's an exchange of information, I tell you what I can do for you, you tell me what you want, and then we say, set out, right, these are the rules. I get the information, we agree on a price, this is the first payment, this is how the work progresses, this is how the project progresses, this is your input, these are my deliverables, and then here's the final payment. So they're, they're totally okay with the whole process and they understand it. Then from there, generally I give them a questionnaire and that is just to extract information from them that they may not realise is valuable. So often a quick 20 minute phone call of who are you, what are you doing, why are you doing it is great because you can get a lot of feeling through people articulate well um, in a conversation. And then to follow that up, I give them a basic questionnaire of what is your company name, what industry are you in, where's your location, how long have you been trading, who do you think your target market is, um, where are your products sold, and just get some background information as to what they're all about and how can I help them. So, for example, my brother-in-law is a painter. He doesn't own a smartphone. He's never been on the internet ever. And most of his clients are um, older Italian people in, in the inner suburbs of Melbourne. Someone suggested to him Facebook. Totally wrong. He doesn't use it, nor do his clients. The answer for him is a flyer drop, a local flyer drop. Now, to establish how we come to that sort of conclusion, you've got to get that background information from them. Who are your clients? Who are you? What do you sell? And so the more information you can give us, the better. And folks, we're going to leave Tim there and come back in part two of this interview where we go into more of the nuts and bolts of what you need to get to a designer, how to give feedback, and what sort of file types and printing options you have uh, for mainly folks around the topic of logos. So catch all that in part two, either on the website or over on iTunes. I'll talk to you soon.